Welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success with a very special guest. Let me give you a little background. I came across this individual about five years ago when I got into real estate and he off he offers free coaching, which is unheard of in the industry where we work in. Um, and I DM him time to time and in up, he responds because these days gurus and these big time people don't have the time to do that or they have a system doing that. But Ricky is very unique. Uh, Rick Root, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for jumping on, my friend. I know you're super busy, uh, a big shot now, a bigger shot than ever before. But thank you, man. God bless you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely, man. Glad to do it. Yeah. Ricky, where are you from, man? I'm in Alabama, actually. Okay. Uh, down here on the beach. A lot of people don't know we have beaches here, but uh, Florida extends into Alabama a good 40 miles of uh, white sandy beaches, and that's where I grew up. Awesome. Family. What type of family? Blue collar, white collar, a lot of money, little money, mid-class. We didn't have any money. My dad was a roofer. He had his own okay. business. My mom was a hair dresser. She cut hair. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a paycheck to paycheck deal. We were doing maybe a little better than that, but we never had any money at all. We lived in a trailer in Birmingham for a while before we moved to the beach. We lived in really small houses. Um, you know, my dad dropped me off at school in a dump truck. So yeah, no, coming up was a uh, very blue collar. Okay. Interesting. What age does that come up? Uh, when I was in my probably mid teens or so. I started drinking and doing drugs. It was pretty much an addiction. I was addicted mainly to to weed, and that was uh, serious. I mean, I tried to quit it many, many, many times. So I drank and did drugs for 20 years. Smoking weed kind of, yeah, I mean, you're on a roof, and so you smoke kind of to numb how hot it is and how sore you are from all the weeks of working, and it also helps you focus. So from that perspective, it was good, but... Then I became addicted to it, which wasn't good. And then as I got into real estate, um, I don't know. Um, maybe I could have succeeded faster. I don't think so. Um, came to the point where I knew that it was hurting me, you know. And uh, so I tried to quit for many years. And it wasn't until I basically hit complete rock bottom that uh, I was able to just Put it all down. Cold turkey. Never went to rehab or AA or any of that stuff. Luckily, so and I never had any relapses either. How old so, were you? Thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. How many years sober do you have? Nine years. Yeah, that was wow. forty-two. I mean, I was thirty-two, and I just turned forty-one. And uh, yeah, March thirtieth, two thousand fourteen. So I haven't touched anything since. Drop, a puff, a snort, anything. So, um, so, and I've had plenty of opportunities, right? And, okay. you know, and in today's world, you know, alcohol is everywhere. It's on commercials. It's in every gas station. It's all around you. Um, ever since that moment, it's kind of like in 2008, I got back in real estate and I was so focused on making a million dollars a year that I didn't even realize that the market, that the stock market crashed. Like I didn't even know that happened during the time when it was happening. It wasn't until 2014, 15, 16, when I started investing in stocks that I did research and realized, wow, there was this huge crash back in 2008. I didn't even know. That's how focused I was on trying to build the business and make a million bucks a year. Um, same thing with social media. I just ignored it, you know, as it came into the picture. I just was so focused on what I was doing and, you know, what works and 
not really letting any distractions come into play. Same thing when I quit, you know, doing drugs and alcohol. Um, once, once I turned that focus away from that and I was focused on other things, then there's just really no, it's just kind of like I have blinders on. I don't even, it's yeah. just not even an issue. It's not even, sure. not sure. even a question, you know? Sure. sure. So my, my viewers and listeners are there listening and watching this. I have a few good friends that have dealt with the addiction. Uh, it's no easy joke. It's not a laughing matter. It's a disease. Uh, and I've, I've supported my friends in, in AA and I've been with them to rehab, put them in the same rehab. And I saw it firsthand, the people I love, and I lost some people. And salute to you, Ricky, you know, because what you, for those that don't know addiction, it, can, it takes everything away from you. The fact that Ricky was able to come to his senses and say, you know what, no good, and turn his energy in building a real estate company, it's amazing. Ricky, you have a beautiful family, beautiful family. Your wife, beautiful, your kids. Uh, what year yeah. did you get married? Yeah, we're five years married now. Our daughter's three. And you're right, man. It's we're really living the dream. Um, we uh, we've got our dream home here, our dream cars. You know, uh, beautiful family. Everybody's healthy. It's really something. So, you're, this was the plan the whole time. You know, to build this type of life, to have this type of uh, freedom. Do you ever get fearful, like man, things are so good um, that I may lose this all? No, because I already lost everything. You know, I made a million bucks and lost everything, went bankrupt, was sleeping in my car from 2005 to 2008, you know, eating out of people's refrigerators, sleeping on people's couches, you know, went from, like I say, a million to nothing. And then, you know, went back to roofing houses and working on an oil rig and uh, serving tables and stuff. So I've already been there and lost everything and all that, you know, I mean, there's more devastating things, you know, the close uh, family member could die, you know, my wife or daughter could die. There's things like that, um, you know, that could happen that would be devastating and stuff like that. But I don't walk every day in fear, like, oh, it's so great now, you know, got to be something bad coming around the corner. That's just the first steps towards something, you manifesting something bad happening. The thing is, is 95% of the stuff you worry about never happens. And the 5% of the stuff that you could have worried about that does happen, you can deal with it when it happens. 100%. And it's really a waste of energy to think about what could happen and actually yep. worry about and stress about what could happen instead of just really taking in the great things that are happening, you know, and really uh, appreciating w w what you've got, you know, I it's agree. just like, okay, you got all this great stuff, you know, that you should be spending your time appreciating. But instead, you're thinking about the negative things that could happen that haven't even happened that most likely won't happen. So, no, nah, I just I just don't live like that. I mean, bad things do happen. And, you know, if and when they happen, then, you know, we'll have to deal with them. But, you know, I, I worked hard to get to the point where I could have financial freedom and all this stuff so that I, I could actually enjoy it and uh, to be happy, you know, truly happy, which I am. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to let the worry of something that kind of interfere with how hard I've worked to get to the place where I don't have to worry about stuff. Right. It's like worked really hard to get to a place where I don't worry about stuff. So therefore I'm not going to worry about stuff. Wow. That's, that's happy. Uh, so let's go back a second. So you saw you've been homeless. You lost everything. Mm -hmm. How was that? I mean, how many years were you struggling and, you know, no food to eat? 
it was like three years or so, but honestly, um, mentally, my mental health was great because I was still really young. I was able to get up on a roof and nail shingles. And, um, there were 40, 50 year old guys that were, that also lost everything right next to me. And I thought, man, how lucky am I to learn these lessons in my mid twenties instead of 60, which I saw a lot of people that were 50 and 60 go through what I went through, losing everything, having to start over. I uh, just felt super fortunate. And, uh, you know, every day when I wake up, I'm going to go work as hard as I can on whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever the project is. And so nothing really changed. I was working hard doing real estate. And then when I had to get out, I was working hard roofing houses and serving tables and doing whatever I was doing. So the day-to-day -day doesn't change much. You know, it's like part-time agents that really hate their job and want to go full-time real estate. It's like, okay, well, think about it for a second though. You wake up now and go to work and work as hard as you can and go home, go to sleep, do it all over again. How's your life going to change? You know, when you become a real estate agent, you're going to wake up, you're going to work all day, work as hard as you can, come home, go to sleep, do it all again. Your day-to-day -day doesn't change much. Yeah, I just got up and worked hard and, you know, I had less money and, you know, my dreams weren't coming true like I thought that they would, but the day-to-day -day doesn't change much, you know? And if you look at it from, wow, look at all the stuff I just learned that, you know, I can use to really do some incredible things later on in life. It was a huge win, you know, and that's the way I looked at it the whole time. Um, again, back then I was partying a bunch and hanging out with friends and stuff like that. So I was having fun and uh, I wouldn't take any of that back for anything in the world. A lot of people are like, you know, about this drug and alcohol thing. No, I, I wouldn't change anything. I had so much fun during those years and thank God I made it out of those years Yes, you survived without it. dying or going to jail for a long sure. time, uh, which I could have done both. But, um, you know, outside of that, the way that it did play out, I'm fine. And I was able to make it through to the other side. And, uh, so I've just, I've just always kind of consistently been a super optimistic person macro. Uh, sure. I've had my micro moments where, you can get frustrated, disappointed, and, you know, feel like this isn't going to happen. You know, you become impatient, you know, and all that stuff. So I've had plenty of that, but that just comes with the territory of being a real competitive person and, you know, an ambitious person, you know, so entrepreneur, you just have to try to balance everything out. Sure. Heard of the philosophy of law of attraction. Mm -hmm. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? You put your thing in mind to, you visualize your subconscious mind has to be, you know, baked with good thoughts and affirmations. But, uh, before you answer that, for me, what well, the biggest thing that's holding me back before my stroke, my stroke was the thing that changed my life, my whole track of my whole, my whole projection, my whole life. I was a nine to five guy working for a corporate company and I had a stroke and almost died and went back to the company and said, Hey, the KB, you want to let you go? I'm like, Oh shoot, what am I going to do? My wife's like, listen, calm down. You're good at people want you to sell real estate and i came across your thing danny morell and started real estate but before that ricky i thought to make six figures you have to be a doctor a lawyer engineer my parents from pakistan uh, i'm born in new york but we're asian pakistani um i never thought in real estate until i made it you could make six figures or more my limiting beliefs had to change i had to train my mindset What's your thoughts about law of attraction mindset? How important mindset to uh, an in-person success? The law of attraction, I think, is, uh, I think it was Think and Grow Rich that yes. talked about, you know, anything that, you know, you can think of and conceive, then you can have. It's not magical though, right? It's like you, the vision is the first part. 
you know, and then you have to start taking the steps and then it, it's a long journey to get through all the actions to get to the end result there. Uh, like I wanted to make a mill a year. Well, when I became an agent, it wasn't, it was 15 years before I did that 15 years. Right. And, uh, the whole time I'm like, Oh, it'll happen in the next three years. The whole time. It's like a carrot that I'm just, that just keeps getting pushed out, pushed out. Yeah. But I was visualizing it and I wasn't going to quit till I got there. Right. So you have to visualize what you want and you have to, you know, know what you want. Right. And then you have to start inching towards what you want. That's how the law of attraction works. It's not like you think of it and then it just magically you like sit down in your, your underwears and wait for it. Yeah. It just, ma it just magnifies to you, uh, magnetically. It, uh, it's something that first you have to know what you're going after. Right. And the law of attraction is basically, once you know what you want, then anybody has the ability to go to get anything they want. Yeah. Right. It's just a matter of perspective and how much you're willing to work. I mean, it's like right now, like we we're talking about, you know, the life I've got, I've been thinking about this for decades, you know, so case in point, it, it, it is true part of it, but the thing they missed, they, they missed out on the secret, the book that came out of the movie is a law of action. And the law of action, you have to take action. You know, whatever you, if you believe in the universe, God, Allah, Jesus, whatever you believe in is your business, but nothing's going to come to you unless you take the action a few steps forward. And then uh, in my, my, my experience, my belief system, Ricky, I know we're on limited time. So you've been through a lot. You're on social media all over. You've been asked to come on stage and speak. How do you stay humble? But you are super humble, dude. Like <laughs> free coaching. For me, I'm just still the Alabama, you know, roofing guy, you know, um, hard working and stuff. All this social media and influence and stuff like that, especially looking at it from a third party perspective, you know, I mean, everybody would love to have my influence. Um, to me, it's still small. You know, I'm surprised every time somebody recognizes me. Uh, you are, huh? I'm just still working hard and. You know, I guess when I, I guess there'll be a tipping point where I feel like I'm a superstar, I guess. I, I don't know. You're not there yet. Huh? You, you, you don't feel you're there yet. No, not, not at all. You know, I'm still trying to work out the bugs and still trying to figure out who my, who I am, you know, on social and, um, you're always reinventing yourself, sure. you know? Um, so that, that's, what's tough a lot of people get into a groove and uh, they just keep doing the same stuff and they never really start adapting. Sure. Sure. And I'm always reinventing myself and trying to figure out how to, you know, get better. So I, I talked to some, you know, some big people, I get questions here and there and masterminds and they say the same thing. They all of them say the same thing that you're never big. Who is big in my world? I'll tell you like Ryan Sterhan, mm -hmm. big time realtor, broker, Ryan Serhan, he's the man, right? He's on TV. But you know, I think Ryan will tell you that, no, I'm not big. And I think that's the key to stay humble and driven and focused, in my opinion. I think he said it too. Like, if you ask him, hey, how did it feel to make it? You're like, I don't, I haven't made it yet. Patrick yeah. David, same thing. You know, I'm sure you know Patrick Bed David, uh, Valuetainment uh, podcaster, entrepreneur. Yeah, I just he, went and interviewed him. Oh, you did? Awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, he's my guy. He said the same thing in the interview. He goes, like, I, I haven't made it. And he's a multi-billionaire now. But, like, it, that's the way entrepreneurs have to be wired. 
But once you tell yourself you made it, Ricky, in my opinion, you got to slow down, you know, get comfortable, and then everything's going to go different direction. So as an entrepreneur, I think until our last dying breath, um, we have to just tell ourselves, yeah, we're not there yet. And just go through the process in my sense. Right. Um, Ricky, I have a lot of young entrepreneurs watching my show. Um, I'm on still a new podcast. Thank you for giving me a chance. Um, you know, I think, you know, my colleague, uh, Lucas Roswell and, uh, Robert Slack and, and Keys. I think he interviewed you like a few months ago. Lucas is a good guy. He talked about you very highly. Um, last thing before I let you go, your daily habits, like people, some people say, Hey, I wake up six o'clock, seven o'clock. I do, I do meditation. I do prayer. I do breath work. I do cold plunges. I do a uh, law of attraction journal gratitude. What is the famous Ricky Karut, uh, What's he do every day? What's his routine like? Uh, I get up at 5.30 every day and um, kind of wake up. And then I go to the gym at 6, um, work out, lift for an hour. Then I come home and run a couple miles. So uh, then I just take a shower and get to work. I organize my day, um, go through everything I need to do, kind of map everything out, and then get to work, you know, answer DMs, making videos, doing Zoom calls and stuff like that. Um you know, unless I'm on the road. When I'm on the road, I'm traveling three times a month and speaking. I don't miss a workout there either. I still get up at 5.30, you know, whatever the time zone is and, you know, work out and do my thing. So that's a big part of it is getting up early, working out. You know, that's kind of my the me time and um, that I enjoy. And it's kind of like I have to have that. And then everything else is just how can I be the most efficient? You know, how can I leverage the most, help the most people and, you know, um, continue building the brand? Yeah. But Ricky, from a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a team leader. Um, I have a team of take 10 people right now. I'm growing and I talk about you all the time in your podcast and your YouTube channel. From, from a realtor to another realtor, we salute you for what you're doing for the industry. You are yeah. honest, you are optimistic, you don't sell, you're not selling anything. Like you, you don't have a, here's my buy my course and do this and do that. Uh, we salute you. We appreciate you as a realtor to another realtor. Good work, man. God bless you for everything you do for us. Ricky, thank you so much, man. God bless you, man, for jumping on board. Absolutely. You're a good no, man. My pleasure, bro. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah.